someday she just can't get rid of a bomb. Surrender that gigantic pie. Who's gonna save our natural resources now? Good girl! Well Yes, that's right, Batman. Crime never pays. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Bat Force Radio. This is Grandpa Batman. I'll be your host tonight. Joining me from the land of free healthcare in Windsor, Canada, is Robin Cross. Uh, and the always grumpy grumpler from New York City. Grump, grump, grump. Based on the introduction, which has the Batman 66 TV series theme song and the clips from the show... This is a very special episode as we celebrate the life and legacy of the beloved Bright Knight, Mr. Adam West, who recently passed away. Joining us is a special guest, our friend of the Bat Force, the People's Batman, Kevin Porter. Hey, thank you. Uh. Thanks for the warm round of applause, and I love the people's Batman. That means a lot. And thank you so much for um, for ha- having me on this episode specifically, because um, Adam West was uh, was an impact, huge impact, um, you know, on my life. And so his passing hit, hit me particularly hard. Same here. Uh, you know, when I found out the news on the Saturday morning, um, it it was a shock to the system. It was just, you know, by by chance that I had worn uh, one of my favorite T-shirts, a Batman 66 logo T-shirt, uh, to sleep in that night. So it was just very ironic when I found out the news. Um, you know, and it it's never expected when one of our icons passes away. Um, you know, we, we selfishly think that they're going to be um, with us forever. You know, we, we hope that they are, but... You know, as time goes by and, and, you know, years pass, of course we're going to lose some of the people that we hold most dear to us, but um, you're never ready for that moment when it does come. Adam West helped baptize so many of us into the Batman mythos, mm-hmm. and I know you've always said that Adam West is your favorite Batman, so take us back. Um, what started your appreciation for Adam West as Batman? My um my first memories I it's funny when you look at pictures of me as an infant at six weeks six months um, eighteen months I'm always wearing Batman stuff so I blame my mother for that or I give her credit uh-huh. whichever you'd like to choose uh, yeah let's give her credit let's give her credit and it's crazy um, I did a, a live stream yesterday on um on Instagram about this about yeah, Adam I, I I watched some of that. Oh, thank you. I, I tried to keep it a little light. It, I did. I did a live stream like uh, like a month ago. It got really dark, and, and then I just started. I'm like, what? Yeah, am it, I was doing? it was good. It was. It was. It was a like, good tone on that one. It was like therapy. Um, yeah. But I remember just just um, as you and the series came out in '66. I remember really being an avid avid watcher. Um, years later, um, I guess I was in kindergarten, so I, let, I put it at five. So we'll say '74 around there. And so, uh, 73, 74. So, I remember coming home every day at 3 o'clock and watching it. And watching things in syndication, we had the luxury of being able to see it every single day. And so, we weren't, we didn't have to watch it two days and then wait another week and then watch another two days. And it had such a profound impact on me. And I don't know, it resonated something. And so, it, it was it was the colors, it was the morality, it was how he held himself. And even at even at that time, I knew there was something a little off about the delivery. I didn't get it, and I really didn't get it until until I I grew up. But what was off was it was an inside joke that that only the grown-ups got, and it was just so brilliant. And that's what allowed me as a fan to transition from a child to an adult just watching it. Um, because I'll watch them today. I've got the DVD collection that my mother got me a couple of years ago. And I'm thinking, this is so genius. There's no way on earth that a child would get this, but it's just so layered uh, for the grown-ups. And at five years old, and I remember I was always the smallest in my neighborhood, so I was always Robin. Wow. And so my, my buddy Donald was Batman, and I was Robin. 
And sure enough, just like everyone says, uh, we had um, there was no cosplaying, there was no internet, there there's really nothing. So you either got out a sheet and um, pair of scissors, or you put a towel around your neck. We would uh, we would just run around, and there was something within that world, that universe, that I would just dream about living inside of as a child. And then now living out in Los Angeles, and I live right up the road from the Bat Cave. I live right up the road from uh, from Wayne Manor, which has burned down since. And I see all of these iconic places that I just, you know, and I've shot on the Sony lot, the Sony back lot, which was Fox at the time. And I'm just living, you know, living the dream. And I spend so much time on the Warner Brothers lot and just being a part of this. Um, and the passing it, it hit me hard because there, there were influences like Andy Griffith when he passed that he was a big influence on me and when you string all of these guys together you're, you're they're very similar and they, they're very simple messages and um, every I'm talking a lot I apologize guys but oh, every keep going. <laughs> every episode it has has um, basically a moral core to it and it's do the right thing uh, conduct yourself with integrity um, be positive and every single one, you, you can take a message out of, of every one. And um, sometimes it's um, it's simply to drink buttermilk uh, to ward off the poison uh, that Catwoman would, would give you. Uh, so, yeah, he's going to be sorely, sorely missed. Robin, you haven't fastened your safety butt belt. We're only going a couple of blocks. It won't be long until you're old enough to get a driver's license, Robin. Then you'll be able to drive the Batmobile and other vehicles. Remember, motorist safety. Gosh, Batman, when you put it that way. Can I can can I say something? I, in, in that little bit of time, I mean, Kevin, I, you're the best guest that I've been on. With. I mean, uh, there's, there's fucking enthusiasm in your voice. I, you're well spoken. Uh, that was just great. That was amazing. Well, why in the why in the world would we want to delete that part? I think that should. Be I, mean, I mean, I don't want to. You know, uh, that's I'm so just, nice. Thank you. Thank that, you so. That that is, that is some grumpler appreciation that does not come like. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, man, it's just the enthusiasm, just the story. I mean, you and I are probably close to the same age, and it's just like wow. That's that was great. Oh, well, I I'm appreciate. Sorry. No, no, no. That was very nice. Thank you. Um, yeah. yeah, Kev, that's high praise coming from the man born with two downward thumbs. <laughs> the grumpler is is half smiling. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you, you, Kevin Porter's grumpler approved. His heart, grew, his heart grew two sizes listening to you. Precisely, Robin. Well, it's not. I mean, I, I hate to interrupt. I'm not trying to disrupt the show, but. Uh, I mean, there's that, and then there's your posts, um, which have a, a man. They have this tone that you know is is uh, to push people to do better. Inspirational is the word I'm looking for. Thank you. So, uh, you know, that's appreciated. I think anytime by me, by me personally. Thank you. Anytime that you have a microphone, and you guys have a microphone. Anytime you have a keyboard. Anytime that you send something out, you know, into the darkness. You have to assume that it's going to be heard. You have to assume that it's going to be read and and it's going to be interpreted by someone, by one person or, or 10 or 10,000. And anything that I do, um, I just want to make a difference and I just want to make something, someone better. Um, and if they, if people can learn from the things that I've done, good and bad, if I can learn, because I read everything, if I can learn, then that's a gift. And so there's a lot of responsibility that I have in everything that I post and I, I take, I take a lot of care in it and I do try to gosh, at least have some type of positivity because you know, you know, right now it's not overly positive out there, unfortunately. Yeah. And so well, that's appreciated. Why? Well, I, I thank you. Thank you very much. You're um, Adam West, ladies and gentlemen, I, um, uh, I had the opportunity to meet the first time I met Adam West. I was, gosh, I was maybe five, six years old. <laughs> Wow. Yes. And he was coming to he was coming to Jacksonville, Florida. And I believe he was to in my memory, I think he was coming to the Orange Park Mall in uh, which is a small community in ja- outside Jacksonville. And so my parents were giving a karate tournament and my mother took me out of the tournament to go meet Adam West and that caused a problem with my father. 
because he just he thought it was foolishness. And we waited in line, and this line went all through the mall, and I think it was like at Sears or something it ended up. And we had to go up escalators, and it was just, we had to wait in line for two, three hours at least. And then so I get closer to the line, and I see him, and, and finally, you know, I'm turning, I'm, we're literally in the department store, and I'm going through all of the clothes, and we're at, like, line. And then I see him, and he's in his suit, guys. This is probably, Ooh. gosh, six, seven years removed from the show, and he's sitting there, and he's wearing that suit. He's wearing the he's wearing mm-hmm. the back suit, as I expected. If he didn't wear the suit, I would say, oh, okay, it's Bruce Wayne. But <laughs> so here's this guy, and he had to have been forty plus at the time now, and just signing for hours and hours and hours. Spandex wasn't what it is today, and the <laughs> <laughs> they were they were wool, and they were hot, and they were tight, and they were sticky. And God bless them. And I remember um, they brought a fan out, a big box fan. And they, gosh, as fate would have it, they, they did it right when I was there and I saw all of it. And they're like, here you go, you know, here you go, Batman. And they plugged the fan in and he made some um, great little reference about that. You know, they brought out the Bat fan, turned it on. <laughs> and um, I, I bought an 8x10 of him. And then I brought like a big oversized. Remember those big oversized comics that they, they sold like in the early 70s? Like yeah. huge, huge comics. So I brought him one of those. And I'm six. I'm speechless. I'm just looking at him. I'm standing in front of him. There's this big table um, in between he and I. My mother's there. And she's like tearing up. I, I, I think it was just all for her. And, uh, and he points down at Batman on the comic book and says, um, well, that's a fine looking gentleman, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he um, he signed that, and um, and then he signed the picture, and that was um, that was the first time I met him. I met him again later when I first moved to Los Angeles. They were doing um, a collectible convention that I just had to go to, and I met him. And then, so did you tell him that story? Uh, no, I did not. Oh, my, guys, I have a much funnier story about Frank Gorshin when I met him. But, oh um, boy! <laughs> yeah, I met. Um, Gosh, Adam West, Frank Orshin, uh, Burt Ward, Julie Newmar, Yvonne, Yvonne Craig, and uh, Lee Mer- and Lee Merriweather all at one time. And wow. I, was, I was geeking out. And this that was early on into my acting career. And then as fate would have it, just a few years ago, we were, um, we were both making a, an appearance in New York Comic Con. And we were in the same green room. And that was the first time I was able to really meet him and not be as a fan, even though I was an even bigger fan than um, than before. And he was he was gentle, he was kind, he was funny, he was very self aware, and that's the that's the biggest thing I could say is he was self aware of his place in history, and he 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 gave you what you wanted. Um, he knew what you expected, and he gave you what you wanted. By the way, I don't want to hijack this, but I, I ran into Walter Koenig uh, the other day at, at Baja Fresh. I got to tell that story later, but um, yeah. So yeah. And I remember just being in the green room and not wanting to spoil it, not by, and not say I'm a huge fan. I love you, but just having a conversation. And that was the greatest gift. Just talking, just talking. And I think at that time he was very aware of the Rams coming and talked about football. And I'm like, wow, wow. This is a dream. It's always a dream to sit and have a conversation and not be rushed and not take a picture. Because a lot of the best interactions, you don't have photographs. Because yeah. then you're like, then then you're putting a bookend on it. You're saying, okay, this is the point. This is the purpose, this photograph. But here, I was able to, to speak with him and, and, and just, I don't know, for just for one moment, just be with Adam West and be his buddy. And he was very open. Wow. That's cool. So, so did you tell him that you worked with Warner Brothers and DC as Batman? Oh yeah, absolutely. He was he was aware that that I represent um, I represented Warner Brothers, and and he's like, how do you how do you wear that suit? <laughs> <laughs> he said, in my day, we we didn't need all that armor. <laughs> Your day, sir, men were men. We're 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 not men. I'll tell you that. I am. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. one one thing yeah. that uh, Adam doesn't get the credit for in enough people's minds is uh, that that still uh, is 
of so much importance today is that in the 60s, the popularity that he kept uh, surrounding Batman saved mm-hmm. the comic. Precisely, Robin. Agreed. Yeah, the, the, the comics were in danger of dying back then, and uh, the, the popularity of the show and the comics veering to match that tone of the show to some degree uh, is, what, is what kept them selling. What's funny is that that was right, right, right before I think um, kind of Neil Adams took over. I think Neil Adams took over in the early seventies. Yeah, uh, right after the show ended. Yeah, yep. so late sixties, early seventies. So I, I that's it was kind of a gateway from old school, like the Bill Finger ish, uh, Bill Finger Bob Kane ish look to it, to um, to what what to me Neil Adams was just he was it. He to me I, I just I, I loved his work and I loved what he did and created. A more athletic uh, Batman, and so this was what was needed to drive that momentum back up, to drive the, the circulation, and then people like Danny O'Neill and Neil Adams step in. When I first started with Warner Brothers, I would always ask about the '66 show, and they never talked about it because there was a licensing issue between um, Fox, Tony Fox, and um, and Warner Brothers, and that's something that they had been trying to work out for the longest time. And you could tell exactly when it happened because then kaboom, it exploded. And I would say it was probably maybe seven, eight years ago. And then suddenly Adam West was cool again because unfortunately um, the show is something that you could just kind of heard about, but there was no licensing. There was no merchandise. You couldn't buy it. Um, and so you're, you know, pe- people would know of Adam West, and he was like, he, he was very nostalgic, but he didn't get the do that Shatner did. And then, yeah. as soon as they worked out that deal with the Warner Brothers, then Warner Brothers saw that they had they had their golden goose. And Adam, I, I can't tell you the shirts that I have with Adam, Adam West on it. And 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 huh. again, I'm looking at my shrine, and I've got a big action figure. I've got a book. I've got the, of course the, the Warner brothers commemorative 66 belt, which is, that was a gift from Warner brothers. Wow. Just, when they, I'm not, I'm not kidding guys. Um, it was given to me as a Christmas present over like this luncheon and I teared up. I really did. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it was embarrassing. And so, uh, and I've got the 60, the 66 Batmobile hung the moon. We just lost George Barris, I guess within the last year that hurt. Um, but I'm I'm just reliving my childhood right now as a grown up, surrounding myself with all the toys that I wanted when I was uh, when I was five years old. Yeah, me too. I think it's I think it's interesting how uh, you know the the show started in '66 and obviously lasted to '69, and uh, I, I guess you know TV and the and the world at that time. I was born. 74 so uh, I sort of things started to change uh, you know so there was, the TV shows became a little more political uh, I guess sitcoms it was you know 70s all in the family and, and Jefferson's and, and uh, man I, I guess MASH or whatever uh, it's unfortunate there wasn't a place for that show going forward um, after 69 Quality lasts. Quality television, quality literature, yeah. quality art, um, it just lasts. And it yeah. transcends. Um, one, there's one thing about the show, and it was so stylized that it, it, it will always work in a way that an Andy Warhol, which that was around the same era as well. Yeah. Or, it's just cool. I would love hands-on and a suit. And just, I, I, don't, I, I don't know what I would do. I would put it on. And I would, you know. <laughs> Look at my, I would take selfies. I, I don't know what I would do, <laughs> but just for once, put it on and look for that that Shakespeare head and lift it back and turn a button and yeah. Oh, I, I, I think I think I think you need to talk to Aaron about this. We need a, a Bat in the Sun episode with you in an Adam West suit. Precisely, Robin. Uh, <laughs> not kidding. I think he would do it. I think. He oh, would do it. I think so. I think you need to get that uh, new. Shakespeare head bus that's coming out soon. Uh, they, I know they've released them a couple times, or is this an, if it, uh, this is a fully licensed Warner Brothers Shakespeare? Yeah, Shakespeare yeah this is fully coming out from DC Collectibles. Yeah, okay. uh, sculpted by uh, our friend Paul Harding. Yeah, it's okay. life size, and its head even flips I, back. I am blessed. All I have to do is just you know um, call like one of my contacts, and I, I get so many things, and, and 
So that's going to be one of my calls. And is it a switch? It turns on a lamp and stuff like that. You just turn it on and it, it turns stuff on. Yeah, this one that's coming out is just a bust bank. So you you flip oh. it up and oh. drop your money in there. Oh, the ones that I've seen, and um, I'm sure they're custom, but um, probably solid resin. But um, yeah. you lift it up and it's got the switch, just like on the show, and it goes from one one way to the next. And yeah, uh, there was. There was one on eBay a couple of years ago, and I just missed it. I don't know. But yeah, it had the switch, it had wiring and everything. Now, Kevin, I know something that you can do with Bat in the Sun. You can get you in the Adam West costume, <laughs> and then get Aaron in the Robin costume. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and recreate the wall climbing scenes where they would go up and you'd have a special guest pop out of each window each time. Okay. <laughs> we, we could, we could do that. Good luck getting Rob, uh, getting Aaron into those tights, but, uh, uh <laughs> we, could probably, we could probably do, um, the bat in the sun suit with a nightwing suit. And then we, oh. could be, yeah, that, that would, that I can see happening. Yeah. But uh, goodness gracious, I can't see Aaron hopping into uh, hopping into uh, that Robin suit. Which I, I, looking back, I think that was as fine of a suit as anything that was on that show. When you Thank look at that, you. when you look at that Robin suit, accurate and strong, hundred um, percent accurate. Yeah, yeah, loved it, loved it. Um, and uh, the the bat suit they took they took liberties. It was interesting the choices that they made. But that was that's all I knew at the time. So to me, that's Batman. And whenever anyone asks um, who your favorite Batman is, I would say Adam West. I would say I think the best Batman for who Batman is right now would, would, is Michael Keaton. Um, but I always say Adam West first. And I'll always well, can, can Can you imagine that well, the show ended in 69, so from 69 to 89, I mean, that was the only Batman that, I guess, older Bat fans like myself and you, you know, knew that was it. And he was Batman. I remember watching the trailer for um, the 89 Batman, and actually a buddy of mine saw it, the trailer first. And he's like, he goes, I saw, I saw the trailer for the new Batman. And I'm like, yeah, and he goes, yeah, it looks like RoboCop. He's like, we're in this armor. <laughs> he's wearing this armor and his, his, his you know, the, 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 I guess they called it a mask back then. In the mask looked like hard. I was like, "What? <laughs> Wearing armor?" And like, "Yeah." And it was just unfathomable. Yeah. Um, the great thing about Keaton is Keaton. Um, he threw the rule book out and he started over. He didn't have a template. Clearly, they didn't want to go with that '66 '66 um, style. So he had no one, no one to emulate, and he had to create that style. He and Burton created the voice they created the movement they created that persona that that um uh affleck carries through to him and you look at them all boom 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 and they're all they're all doing their versions of keaton they just really are um and that's why to me keaton was the best because he Mm -hmm. he created all of that he created that um just the darker a little more stoic the voice, everything, and whenever I, whenever I, I'm in Batman mode, I channel Keaton and Conroy. Those are those are the two masters. Hmm. Um, so I mean, I know that I, I doubt that when Keaton was first cast, that they handed him a box of VHS tapes and said uh, of the '66 <laughs> show and said, "Study these." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, now I read that. West actually wanted to do the 89 film. I know. I read that and he was, um, he was very disappointed. <laughs> he was very disappointed. And what's funny is he wasn't much older than Affleck is now at the yeah. time. Um, but they just went in a completely different direction. And then he was hoping that they would do this around, I'm guessing, and, and my timeline may be off, but around uh, Dark Knight Returns. So he wanted to play um, Batman in The Dark Knight Returns, which is, you know, an older... Oh, I'd love that. That. <laughs> um, yeah, he was, yeah. He just, he had a love for the, love for that character. I think that, and I, have you guys read Back to the Batcave? No. Shame on you. 
Yeah. Oh, he went to the Batman voice there too. <laughs> yeah, uh, you have to read it. It's such a good read. And um, when they made, did you guys see the movie, the made-for-TV movie? Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> I auditioned, and um, I got I got two callbacks for that. Auditioned for um, for Adam West. Or as Adam West oh. in Back to the Back Cave, and that just would have been a dream role. I was just, I, it was crazy going in to read over and over these lines as um, as Adam West. And one thing that I um, I read for the casting director, and then I got I got all the way to the directors, the director, and I said one thing I have a question: Is this Adam West? Is this the actor? Um, is this Bruce Wayne? Are they two different people? Are they? Um, did he speak this way? Is his cadence this way? And they're like, no, it, it, it is. It's not that way. And I'm like, okay, great, because the cadence that he speaks in um, in the show, which he later adopted in his real life, because that's what people wanted to hear. A lot of that was to really kind of string out the lines a little bit to get him to get him more screen time. And that's ah. all in his book. All in his book. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing, you know. <laughs> and and, and uh, you look at him, and you look at Shatner a lot. They have very similar styles. You're you're exactly and, right. Um, you know, the other day I was driving home from work, and uh, there's a local DJ that was uh, talking about Adam West. He's a huge Batman fan. I think the guy's name is Russ Martin. Um, he even has a Batman '66 Batmobile, and he was talking about some of the uh, screen tests that they had when they were auditioning for the role and one of the uh, yeah. other people auditioning was a guy named Lyle Wagner absolutely and he Wonder came Woman. across as you know real straight ahead you know kind of you know one of those actors in the 50s and 60s that you know he yeah. just had a real straight approach real stern and it's like the <laughs> writing and the jokes didn't really come across as when Adam West delivered the same lines. Yeah, he brought subtext to, to already brilliant text. And so, again, it gets to that layer. When you look back at the Nestle's Quick commercial that got him that audition where he plays this kind of secret agent guy. Captain Have you guys seen that? Quick, right? No. And, I, and before he plates his, um, his little inflatable ducky around his waist, I think he says toodaloo before he jumps out of the window. And which I think is just so brilliant. And I'm like, wow. Um, they, they definitely rode around his strings. Law Wagner's awesome. He made a great, he made a great Steve Trevor in Wonder Woman. Um, I know him from the Carol Burnett show. He was always like the straight man in the Carol Burnett show. Uh, yeah. And he's still around. He's still plugging. Lyle Wagner playing the part of millionaire Bruce Wayne, testing with Peter Dale, who performs in the role of Dick Grayson. It looks black as pitch, Dick. I've been through all my father's old law books, and I don't see we have a leg to stand on. My identity exposed. My value as a secret crime fighter ended. Everything I've trained myself for since my parents were murdered. In the ash can, gone up the chute. That's too terrible to face. It's a dirty trick. It's a dirty trick. Adam and Bert were, in our opinion, absolutely perfect. Uh, Lyle could have performed it. Peter could have performed it. But it it would not have been what it became with Adam. And when our good housekeeper, poor Mrs. Cooper, when she finds out what you've been doing on these supposed fishing trips of ours, I'm afraid the blow would kill her. And when our good housekeeper, poor Mrs. Cooper, finds out what you've been doing on these supposed fishing trips of ours, I'm afraid the blow will kill her. You've done it, chum. You've done it, chum. Honestly, I laughed my I laughed my butt off um, with Adam West. I'm like, the genius. Where does he? It, it's his delivery, and and all I have to say is that he gets it. He gets it. And I think that, unfortunately for him, um, the public got it and they forgot it. And so in the 70s, they didn't see the genius of him. And then, and then all of those little kids, like us, grew up and we started getting in positions of power. And then we started saying, Adam West is a bomb. And then that's <laughs> when he started working again. And then the public realized what he was up to so many years ago. 
That's uh, what you just said. His delivery was, you know, the the night he passed, I watched uh, Batman the movie, which uh, apparently took place in between the season one and two. Uh-huh. And man, his delivery was, he would start out low and then, you know, almost kind of sort of yelling or get, I don't know, he would just get progressively louder. Uh, as he would finish his sentence, uh, it was just man, it was spot on. Um, I guess today it wouldn't go over well. Kevin, do you have a favorite episode? I have to go to. Um, there's one oh, where okay. I, um, I think Eva Marie Saint was in it. She played um, the Riddler's protege, and she uh, she bas- they basically kidnapped Robin, and she um, she disguised herself as Robin to get into the Batcave. Oh, I remember that. She was a redhead, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she ended up, if I'm not mistaken, playing Martha Kent in Superman Returns, which is crazy. Um, Really? Wow. Yeah. And then, of course, um, I love the one, I love the crossovers with, uh, with, yeah, of course. How can you not? That's just, wow. That's cinematic history, you know, in the making. Um, there's there's just so many but those are the ones that really the thing that I loved about that one is even Marie Saint who played um, maybe I'm wrong maybe it's the, maybe it was a penguin but um, she just falls in love with um, with uh, with Batman and it's just so sad and she ends up dying I think she ends up falling in that atomic that little atomic generator that they just happen to have in their basement um they, I guess they used to plug in the car, and that 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 powers the car. I guess um, it's the craziest thing. But um, yeah, that's that's my that's my favorite episode. Who who's your favorite rogue? The Riddler. Gosh, any Riddler. He was so brilliant. You know that that was another strength of the show is the strong casting and how these characters played off each other. Gosh, when you say that, and it's funny, I just had this conversation in another interview a couple of days ago. Then I go to Burgess Meredith, and I'm a big Rocky fan. I'm a big Batman fan. I'm like, um, and then Cesar Romero. But th- this is the deal: Cesar Romero, I don't think really took the gig that seriously. And everything I've read about it, he he wasn't he wasn't on board as much as the other guys. Burgess, oh, he, he 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 wasn't on board enough to shave his mustache. <laughs> exactly. That, <laughs> which forty years later, we're saying thank you so much. Fifty years later, yeah. like, that's perfect. Thank you. Yeah, now because now it's it's considered inaccurate if uh, a Cesar Romero Joker f- action figure or anything doesn't have the mustache <laughs> visible under the light there. God forbid, it's got to so be true. accurate. It's got to be accurate. They're going to yeah. go crazy. Uh, I think Burgess Meredith, who um, uh, Academy Award winner nominee, um, I think that he enjoyed. It. I think he got it. He was hamstrung by the prosthetics and whatever. But you take uh, Frank Gorshin, who was he was a stand-up comic actor, um, uh, impressionist. He was just he was so brilliant in what he brought to it, and you could tell in every single syllable, everything he said, every sentence, every movement of his body, he's selling it. He doesn't take a single take off. And I watch him as a professional now, and I'm like, that's a man that is giving it everything that he has, everything. And uh, you just you can't. That's why, like Jim Carrey, all Jim Carrey did was Frank Gorshin, and it was it was a pale reflection, a pale pale comparison of, of Frank Gorshin. Um, an amazing, amazing guy, amazing performer. These people I talk about, but I just miss. I'm like, oh my gosh, you still have them. Yeah, he Frank Gorshin had the laugh down pat, and the man, he would. I don't know his mannerisms. He would punch over and giggle. And, he would never walk. Great. He would slink. He would prance. He would jet. Yeah, he would prance. Yeah. He would never walk. It's crazy. He was unpredictable. And he was, he looked pleasant. He was smiling a lot. But to me, he was, without the doubt, the most dangerous. Yeah, you know, he had that slick back haircut and that mischievous grin. And, and just the way he delivered his lines, to me, made him seem like the most evil of the rogues yeah well, Gr- gramps to your point like uh, that's a good point like now that i think about it like, uh, you know to me he had like a 
kind of similar delivery to Batman. He would start out low and then it would almost to a yell and then his face would get all nuts and he would do his fists and it was just, it was, what a great actor. Yeah, they both knew that they were not existing in our reality. Um, yeah. They created their own around them. Um, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. I'm looking around my home and right they now. could cut loose, too. There wasn't like, oh, we're well, not doing it this way or that way. It was, they could just be like the comic books and just cut loose. Uh, they must have had a lot of freedom, I guess, now looking back. Maybe not at the time, but now you look back. Bill, wow. Bill Dozier, to me, is the creator of that series. And I think that he had, he had a lot to do with it. He should get a lot of credit as well. People don't even know his name. And you yeah. know, talking about other iconic rogues in the the Batman '66 series, I always think that um, Julie Newmar's portrayal as Catwoman um, is probably my favorite portrayal of a live action Catwoman. Even though her character wasn't named Selina Kyle in the series, she still just captured that uh, essence and and presence of Catwoman in this series. I met Julie Newmar as well. I met her at that, that, that collector show. And she, gosh, I mean, she's still with us. Um, and she was not young when I met her either. And so, but she had this huge, her hair was just huge and white. And it was like huge. And her line was so long. And it, was, it, was, it wasn't long because she was more popular than Ab West. It was long because she took her time with everyone sitting there waiting and she's just talking and adoring everyone and if someone gave her a picture she would just talk about this picture and she was creating an experience for everyone and then um when i got up there um i just you know i bought a little eight by ten and i'm just looking at her and she's looking up at me with those big you know big doe eyes you know batting her eyelashes and being you know just being her being flirty and 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 she's like, um, she's like, well, well, what's your name? I said, you know, I'm Kevin. And she said, um, and what do you do? I said, well, I'm in enter- entertainment. And she goes, I bet you're an actor. And I'm like, yeah. And I was getting really, <laughs> really, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And she said, um, well, you know, you're you're awfully handsome. I bet you're going to be an amazing. I said, I said, Miss Newmore, I appreciate all this. This is great, but I'm having a hard time keeping it together right now. <laughs> I said, I said if, if, can you sign this for me? I said, because I was about to say something, something really stupid. I, I got to go. <laughs> and I, um, that's, I and, love you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, to leave and go, I love you. I got to go. And I, um, I, gosh, I've met so many people definitely since then and a few before then. And never have I been completely, okay, completely and utterly shocked and awestruck <laughs> as I was when I met Julie Newmar. It was, yeah, and I, that's a true story. I'm like, I'm like, Miss Newmar, I'm so happy. Can you just sign this? I can't speak right now. And she's <laughs> so sweet. I would like to say she stood up and gave me a hug, but she didn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, she gave me a high five as I left, so I'll take that. I'm not afraid of you, Catwoman. I'm, I'm, uh, you're very beautiful, Catwoman. Yes, you're quite right. I am. Your propinquity could make a man forget himself. I don't know what that means, but it sure sounds nice. I refer to the nearness of you. Batman! Let's throw caution to the winds. I mean, after all, we are two adult human beings, and uh, we're both interested in the same thing. Happiness. I can give you more happiness than anyone in the world. How do you propose to do that? By being your partner in life. I mean, it's me and you against the world. Oh. What about Robin? Well, I have him killed, painlessly. Well, he is a bit of a boy with his holy this and holy that. Ah, does it, Catwoman? I thought you had a modicum of decency, but I see that I erred in my judgment. 
are supposed to fall on the floor. You're attractive, Catwoman, but not that attractive. Put on a double dose of eau de shot, that poisonous perfume. You should have been dead 30 seconds ago. Uh-huh. So, all of this lovey-dovey business was just a trick. Why aren't you writhing in pain? I had a hunch that you'd try something not quite kosher. I've been wearing bat plugs up my nose. I've been breathing nothing but clean, fresh air sans eau de shot parfum. You cheated! <laughs> yeah. uh, Kevin, are, are you in L.A. Uh, right now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, are yeah. you going... Are, are you going to attend the uh, bat signal lighting tonight? Yes, I am. Very, very excited about that. I've got to tell you my Walter Koenig story. Oh, yes, sure. please do. I'm at, I'm at Baja Fresh in Toluca Lake over off Riverside. So if anyone, Riverside and Lancashire, so anyone listening goes, oh, I know that Baja Fresh. I've met Walter Koenig twice. Uh, once was at the Toronto Comic Con, and I was making an appearance as Green Lantern for Warner Brothers in, like, the um, in Blackest Night release. And then... Um, I met him at uh, Thunder Bay Comic Con, and this was years later, and um, I was making an appearance as Kevin Porter. And this was maybe four years ago, three years ago. So I'm coming out of Baja Fresh, I'm with my buddy Rich Manley, um, and uh, I see this older man walking, and I go to open the door for him, tiny. And I look, and I'm like, well, dang, that's Walter Koenig. And um, I, I go to open the door, and he's like, no, no, I'm not going in there. And I said, Mr. Koenig, and he looks, and I said, hi, my name's Kevin Porter. I met you in um, Toronto Comic-Con and, and um, also um, Thunder Bay. And he was so pleasant. He was so nice. And he goes, yeah, he goes, isn't that the one that you're thrown in the hooch for? And I, I, don't, I, I, and I said, I said, no, I said, no, not for that. I, I said, I was thrown in the hooch, but not, not on that, 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 mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking hooch, you meant jail. And, uh, <laughs> And I said, um, and I just kind of brought up a couple of common stories that we had. And he was so pleasant. And he was so sweet. And I'm with my buddy, Rich. And, you know, God bless Rich. I don't know if he's a, he's not a student of history, we'll say. And I said, <laughs> um, I said, Mr. Koenig, this is, um, this is Rich Manley. And he goes, shake Rich's hand. He goes, well, it's very nice to meet you, Rich Manley. And I said, right in front of uh, Chekhov, I said, um, I said, after you walk away, I will tell him the the debt of gratitude that we have to pay you every day. And he just he he thought that was so funny, and he just clapped. I just remember him clapping. He just clapped <laughs> and just laughed so hard. And I just wanted to hug him, but he was so tiny. He was so tiny, and I wanted to go, Mister Coney, can I have a hug? Do you mind? <laughs> and he just went went about his way. And I turned to Rich. I said, You have no idea who that was, do you? He's like, nope. <laughs> fine. This same guy that we ran into Rutger Hauer at uh, at Starbucks on wow. Laurel in Riverside, he had no idea who Rutger Hauer was. Wow. <laughs> get, get out of here. Get out of here. It's crazy. Just living out here, the people you run into. Crazy. So, Kevin, tell us some of the projects you've been working on lately or that you've got coming up. Gosh, I'm so blessed. I got so many things. Uh, I um, shot a, um, a film by the name of uh, Doolittle's Heroes, and that's with Casper Van Dien and, um, and Jeff Fahey. Um, and it takes place in World War II, and it's about the Doolittle Raid um, of Tokyo. And that was such a blessed opportunity to play a period piece, which I, gosh, I hadn't done at that point. And I played um, Donald Duncan, a World War II naval officer, and it shot um, on location here. Wait, wait, wait. Did you just say Donald Duck? No, it's Donald Duncan. Um, oh. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. That's okay. No, if I'm mistaken, I do believe Donald Duck does dress like a military officer. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, then I've got the um, – I just shot a film up in Petaluma – uh, California, and it's called American Fighter, and I play um, a, high, a college wrestling coach, and that's the sequel to American Wrestler, and it's guys, I was able to deliver that that motivational speech that you've always wanted to do on film, 
and wow. I read this and I'm like, this is, this is me. I can do this. And I go up and I'm, I'm coaching this, this team of wrestlers and I'm talking about, you know, how champions are born, how champions are made and, and, and all of that. I shot, um, I shot that last week and I have to go back up next week. And then there's the Valiant Project uh, with uh, for Valiant Comics with Bat Masad. And gosh, it seems like we've been working on that forever, but we're wrapping it up um, this month. Now, speaking of Valiant, I picked up a interesting comic cover no. the other day. Which one? Oh, I think you know. The one with me on the cover? <laughs> Maybe. That's awesome! That's awesome! Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I it was crazy. It was crazy. It's funny because um, uh, I saw the one. Jason was the first one. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And then I think Mike Rowe as Ninjak was, was the next one. And then I saw Sierra. I'm like, when is mine coming out? And, and <laughs> so um, the, the image was just released like last week. And then I got a big old box of the mail from Valiant. Oh. And they're so generous. They are so generous. And um, I not only got a like a huge stack of those comics, but um, I uh, they just sent me a whole bunch of just merchandise, just uh, Armstrong sweatshirts and hats and, and and stuff like that. And from the very beginning, uh, when I was initially cast, they were very supportive on me absorbing all of the material and and the persona of Armstrong. And so when um. When I got all that, I was just, I, I, I was, I was over the moon. I just got it yesterday. Is that right? Oh. Yeah, I think, I, yeah, I just got that big old stack yesterday. Had, um, had lunch with a buddy of mine today. And of course, what I bring him is a comic book with me on it. <laughs> and it's the guy that I've known. I, I, I was, he was literally my first friend out in Los Angeles. And we had an acting class, um, when I, when I first moved out here. And so I gave it to him and I'm like, I, I don't know what I don't know what the protocol do, do I sign it? He's like one of my best friends and so I said I, I said I'm not gonna sign it. That that would be kinda weird. But I would love for you to have it because this is like this is like the first one that I have given away. And uh, he was he was very he was he was very touched by the by the um, the gesture. So so you went out and got one. I wanna go to the store and I wanna buy one. Is that weird? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go up to um, actually. I was going to go up to the Bat and Sun Studios tonight because they're preparing for tomorrow's shoot. And Collectors Paradise has one, so I was going to um, video me walking in, like incognito with you know, sunglasses, and, and going to get my own going to buy my own comic book. I, I, I still do that. that that's no, funny. no, you need to do that in full costume. <laughs> oh no, no! I do have to tell you, it's a pretty comfortable costume. It's just, oh yeah, it's just. Uh, yeah. I think I wore khakis and uh, chucks, but I wear like four layers of, of, of jackets. Like I've kind of, I've got like a um, button-down shirt. I've got a hoodie. Then I've got a corduroy coat on, and then I've got an overcoat on over that. Beats and the cape and cowl. <laughs> all, all day long. All day long. And Aaron asks me all the time, Aaron, guys, if you ever have the opportunity to interview or just get to speak to Aaron Shonky, you're going to find just the nicest, most gracious person. He's very serious. I guess his public persona is different than the one behind closed doors. He's really funny. But then when I see him in interviews or I see him at conventions or I see him up on panels and, and I'm sitting right next to him and I'm like, dang. And I, and I'm known I'm known Aaron for 14 years now, and I'm like, gosh, he's so serious. I got to meet him at uh, the last New York Comic Con, just briefly in passing, and he was super nice to me. I was there. I yeah, I didn't see it. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's at the Javits Center. I I prefer uh, New York over San Diego now. San Diego is just, it, there's just too much. It's too spread out. At least the Javits Center is bam, bam, it's right there. Um, I remember the first time that I was ever noticed, ever recognized for my Batman work was at New York, New York City Comic Con, and that was years ago. And um, a gentleman by the name of Dan uh, Pachuccio, I believe. And I'm sitting there, you know, I'm just looking around, and he comes up and says, are you Kevin Porter? 
and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, no, first of all, I look at him, I'm like, yeah? He's like, you're the Batman. <laughs> and I'm oh, hey, way. Yeah, and I think at the time, it was City of Scars, and that was it. That was all that was out. And um, so, when, 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 when were you up at, um, at New York City Comic Con? Like last year, but do you remember what day? Uh, I think I went every day. Um, I live in New York, so I'm, I, I go every year. And uh, pretty sure I was there every day. Um, so did you see them when they were just kind of walking around? Yeah, well, yeah, because it was on the staircase, and he was coming down, and he was with somebody, I don't know who, and I was walking up, and I said, uh, hey, Bat and the Sun, I, I thought, you know, I'm not a big, uh, I, I hate to bother, like, famous people or whatever, so I kind of was, like, ever nervous ever. and all that, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can we shook hands, and he was super nice. He was with Sean, he was with his dad. And okay. we were we were inseparable that trip. I can't believe I didn't run into you. We did everything. We was, we saw this. We went to see the Statue of Liberty. I we went, I'm going to pass out if I met you. Holy uh, shit! Let's do it. Let's do it. I'll be back. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I'll be there um, almost every day. I'm only missing one day. We have a we have a big panel uh, for uh, for Valiant. So you got to get in on that. And yeah, definitely. We're gonna have a big signing, and it's gonna be me, Jason, Aaron. Um, Sierra, Mike, Derek, um, Chantel. Are you guys familiar with Chantel Berry? Chantel Berry, if you if you can give her a shout out, definitely on your page. Um, she plays Roku, and she is she's brilliant. She was amazing, um, and I've known Chantel for about twelve years now, and I was blessed enough to make that introduction between Chantel and Bat and the Sun, and they loved her immediately. And then I got a phone call maybe a month or so later, and I remember I was I was I was I was teaching acting at a summer camp up in Chicago for children that um, of hemophilia, and so wow. I was there and I didn't have a lot of research. I was volunteering, and I was in a cabin, and Aaron's like, "Okay, Chantel, tell me everything about her." And I said, "She's brilliant. She's amazing. She's this. She's that." He goes, "I." Um, he's like, "Okay." This is what we're going to do, and we're um, we're pitching her to play Roku, who's the lead villain, the lead antagonist in Valiant. And I and I said, "Are you asking me if I vouch for her?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "Absolutely, ten times over. You're not going to get any any better than her." And they pitched her, and they loved her, and we. Um, she was in New York with us last year, and I saw her her first scene for the first time at WonderCon here down in Anaheim a couple of months ago. And she was just brilliant. And I remember looking at her, and I'm up, I'm up on the panel sitting around next to her, and I get emotional because anytime I see my friends elevate themselves, and when they're great, as you know they are, it's just it's emotional. I'm so proud of them. And so um, she was just, she was incredible. She'll be there. <laughs> that was a long that was a long roundabout way to say she'll be there. <laughs> Guys, everyone's going to be there. So you you absolutely have to get in touch with me. And um, and let me know, and I'll, definitely. I'll I definitely would like to to shake your hand and say hi. Oh man, now now I want to go. You gotta go. <laughs> you got a place to stay. You got the Grumpster there. Well, last time Gramps was in New York, it was uh, explosive, so to say. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got um, Fallen Cards still working on that, and then it's been such a busy year, guys. I'm kind of looking forward to taking maybe i can't take july off but maybe taking um august off and then the t- um and then tv starts television starts so get back to work in september um so american fighter i'm still shooting valiant i'm still shooting fallen cards um in july and then that's it for a while i think i may travel maybe focus on my personal life which is neglected at this point so like i said people think it's so glamorous and yeah. i can guarantee you 70 percent of the time it's just me on this couch watching netflix saying oh house of cards <laughs> all right Ooh, <laughs> so, that's it there's nothing glamorous at all um, so uh yeah just you have to be focused and you have to focus on just doing the right thing and not falling over the wrong crowd and and just not being in, in things for the wrong reasons, just just like it is in life. Uh, the thing I like about Armstrong is it's an actor's piece. It's just big and it's loud and the dialogue is funny. 
I used to play drunk all the time. <laughs> and and this this is my voice. This is how Kevin speaks. So when people when people meet me, they they expect a different voice. And even you know even my arms even my Armstrong voice is very big and very loud. And I speak like this. <laughs> and, and I'm like, who talks this way? But Aaron's like, perfect, bigger, boom, boom, boom. Because I, I had to work with the Valiant people on on a dialect and um, and and a vocal range and things like that. Because they they want him very big, very like a cross between Henry the Eighth and like the Ghost of uh, Christmas Present, I believe, or Ghost of Christmas Past. Big gregarious, you know, guy. And yeah, and. Um, in the comics, he's a he's a little heavier than I am. And um, when we shot the pilot, they're like, "Kevin, how big can you get?" I said, "I'll get as big as you want." So I went in when I shot the pilot. I was about two seventy, and that was just—I mean, I look great. I'm looking. I'm like, "Wow, I look just like the character," which is not a personal compliment, by the way. And, <laughs> um, and then when we shot the series, I was like, "I said, guys, I I, I can't get up that I can't get up that heavy. I'm about two thirty-five, two forty. It just took it took a long time to get it off, and it wasn't pleasant. I didn't enjoy it; it was uncomfortable. So they yeah, just, I remember it was the first time we had you on. You were uh, you made uh, a quiet mention that uh, they had you bulking up to that for for this role. That's crazy! Wow, that's been going on that long. Yeah, yeah. That w- Dang, that would make sense. That would make sense because I think we shot. Yeah, we shot the pilot about a year ago, and then they, um, I think I auditioned about a couple of years ago. So, guys, where's the time go? It just flies by. So that would, yeah, that's about right. And uh, so, yeah, I, I remember I was in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, the last call. It's crazy. Hey, I saw something the other day that got me excited. Um, are you going to be involved in the dodgeball reunion game? I would love to if the timing works out. Unfortunately, uh, it didn't work out um, for the promo. But if it does, and I'm not traveling, that would that would just be awesome. Um, so we'll see. Um, I know Brandon was part of it. Rusty, I guess, um, wasn't able to make it either. But um, yeah, that would be so much fun. And I've gotten together with the guys, um, you know, multiple occasions and. Anytime we're together, it's just a lot of fun. So doing it for a good cause would just be perfect. I uh, no, Kevin, this this is uh, something just for you. Uh, since you you might have a bit of a, a drive getting out to the Adam West thing, uh, I don't know if you've ever listened to any of uh, Kevin Smith's podcasts, but uh, he has one called Hollywood Babylon. Okay, that uh, he does with Ralph Garman, and on the last episode, towards the end of it, they have uh, a really great uh, a tribute to Adam West. Uh, Ralph knew him personally, you know, really closely for about 20 years and just tell some great stories about him. And, uh, it's, it's a good listen. I, I will absolutely listen to it. And your, your accent is killing me. I love it. You Canadian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yesterday, Wonder Woman made fun of my accent and now I'm getting it. <laughs> Wonder Woman and Batman two days in a row. It's all about it. Precisely, Robin. Comic-Con 2003, Kevin Porter's making an appearance for Warner Brothers, and I'm wearing the, um, basically kind of the classic um, uh, canon suit. And uh, I'm walking backstage, and I'm done, and I'm going to my, um, dad had me a trailer, which is really nice, um, and then I hear this little voice say, Batman. And I turn, and I was kind of in a hurry, it's hot, it's hot in those suits. And I see this little girl, and she's dressed up like a little princess. And so I... I go down on a knee and I say, um, I said, hi, what's your name? And she goes, Harley. And I said, Harley. I said, is that really your name? And I hear um, a a man's voice go, yeah, that's her name. And I look up, boom, Kevin Smith. Wow. And I said, well, I think that's an amazing name. (laughs) And, and, And Kevin Smith said, not a bad voice. (laughs) <laughs> that's, my, that, that's one of my Kevin Smith stories he's um, he's a fan of the Bad in the Sun work um, yeah. which means a lot to me he comments on it all the time which is great well Kevin um, we know you've got some plans to go down to the Bat Signal lighting tonight so uh, we want to thank you so much for coming on tonight and sharing your thoughts uh, on Adam West and also catching up 
on the exciting news that you've got going on with your career. It's always great to hear from the the people's Batman, and uh, we love having you come on. And you know, the door is always open. Please come back anytime. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you for your time tonight and for your inspirational posts. Oh no, thank you so much, and I look forward to uh, definitely seeing. Is it Grumpster or Grumpeter? Grumpler. 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 I look forward to meeting you in New York and whoever we yeah, get Yeah, definitely. Definitely, absolutely stay in touch. Um, I promise. And, um, and then, because uh, if you don't, and then if I'm, uh, it, it, it'll be difficult to get in touch with me on, on the day because we're ushered around. But if, if we have a designated place, I'll go, yeah, meet here, meet there. And that'd be awesome. We'll grab, we'll grab lunch. Sure. We got to eat. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. There you go. It's right. my favorite thing to do, guys, is eat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure right now. Do you guys have Firehouse Subs? Absolutely. I yeah. love that place. I think that's what I eat tonight for dinner. That's what Batman eats, Firehouse Subs. I'm very excited. Yeah, I always get their meatball sandwich. Oh, yes. I, well, there you go. That's what I'm eating, the meatball. All right, guys, I'm going to go to Firehouse. I'm going to get that meatball sub, and I'm going to go pay homage to the great Adam West. All right. Well, have a, have a great time, Kev. Thanks so much, and uh, invite me back. Thank you, Kevin. Absolutely. All right. Bye-bye, guys. Bye. Later.